Hi, and welcome to Cameron's Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. It's the world he created. He speaks through the word that he has given to us. He speaks, and we fail to trust him. And he speaks, and he makes his desire or make known his design for creation for ourselves. And the first message was God speaks an unchanging message. Since the beginning, God spoke. And God has been consistent in his message and his speech. And has, as he speaks, he only speaks life. And he speaks his desire for humanity. I want you to open your Bible with me today in Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is a very well-known psalm as well, where people have made songs about it, especially, I think, from verse 7 onwards, tells about how, how sweet the Word of God is. It's later on, down on the psalm, it says that it's like honey. Sweet like honey, the word of God is. So I want you to open your Bible, Psalm um, 19, verse 1 to 6. And I would really love somebody to read that psalm for me. Um, Let me... 1, 2, okay. Good, good, good. So... I'm going to ask Jim to read that for me from 1 to 6. Thanks, Jim. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. He rises at one end of the it rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. Amen. Thank you, Jim. I think the word of God is very clear and leave it here. You know, God has spoken. Let's pray. Father Lord, Father God, we want to thank you for this morning and the privilege that we have to be together here in the place we call your house. We know exactly what your house is, Lord. But we have dedicated this this place, this building, and we call it um, a temple as well. But Lord, we are the temple. But thank you so much for the privilege that we have to be together in this place where many people in other parts of the world, they do not have that freedom. We pray for those who longing to be together as a church in many places. And Lord, I pray that you give this um, 
conviction to each one of us at Cam Rose so we be together um, as often as we can and even fight against uh, the impediments and the circumstances that try to um, avoid us to be together. Bless your people and glorify your name in our midst through our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. When God has spoken through creation, not only to make his existence known, but to say something about the kind of God he is. Awesome and glorious. And I would like ask James to leave that verse on, on the scripture for, uh, uh, of Psalm there for me, please. Later on, I'm going to read Romans 1 from 20 to 23, later on. Um, and he has spoken in a way that shows his, his sco- the, uh, you know, the scope of his authority. The scope of his reign and his power over all the earth. You know, Francis Bacon was a 15th century scientist and a Lord Chancellor of England. Observing the world around him, Bacon said, There are two books laid before us to study. To prevent us from falling into error. First, the volume of the scripture, which reveals the will of God. Then the volume of the creation, which expresses his power. He was a clever man. He was a very intelligent man. And although he acknowledged God above everything else. In today's message, we will consider how God speaks through creation. In the next, I will consider how God speaks through Scripture. But let's look at creation, how God speaks through creation. In creation, the accounts of Genesis chapter 1 and 2, God made everything in the physical world and pronounced it it good, even very good. So the, the Hebrew word for good is tob. means pleasant. And there is another meaning of this word which is very interesting for you to consider about who created the world. It is agreeable. You know what I'm talking about, right? Because we see the Trinity in creation. So that is God's creation was not only beautiful, but he will also accomplish the purpose for, for which he created it. Creation's beauty and splendor reflecting the beauty and the splendor of God, served as a resounding choir singing praise to the glory of the one who made it. Let's look together and how God speaks through his word, through his word. First of all, let's look at the content of creation's message. How, what do you think the content of creation, creation message is? It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. This is the first expression of Psalm 19. 
No, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies, sorry. So the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day. See, they pour forth speech night after night. They display knowledge. You know, God speaks. In the words of Francis Schaffer, he says, He is there and he is not silent. He is there and he is not silent. One of the mouthpieces through which God speaks is his creation. And as David tells us, the message of creation the message of creation declares is very clear. And if you listen to, if you have an ear to hear the word of God, you will see that it speaks loud, loud and clear that God is glorious. That's the message of, that's the content of creation. God is glorious. What does it mean for God to be glorious? Or what, is, what does it mean for God to have glory? Think for a moment. Have you ever thought about it? What does it mean for God to have glory? The Hebrew word for glory is kabod. Remember in, in, in Samuel, when Eli heard the message that uh, Israel, the ark of God was taken away and, uh, and that his sons, you know, were dead. And also he said that the, he, the expression, he said was Ichabod. And that there was the, the son of one of Eli's sons and his wife, when he gave birth, she died on giving birth. And then the boy fell and then but he said that, that the boy was born and then there was an expression how would name that boy he said Ichabod which means the glory of God is gone so the glory the word glory is kabod so often this word kabod carries the idea of waiting to indicate the magnitude of something you know, the idea of splendor or majesty also comes to mind when we think about glory. In other words, the being behind the incredible creation is no lightweight, is a heavyweight champion. He's not lightweight, it is, he is weighty, full of splendor, majestic, hallelujah. So the creation we observe is great, but it is, but its greatness is not a, is not a testimony to itself. It is a testimony to all surpassing greatness, beauty, splendor, majesty, and glory of the one who created it. But in the words of Isaac Watts, nature with open volumes stands to spread her maker's praise abroad. What can we apply and learn from the statement that God is glorious? How, what can we take in? I want you to take a moment to reflect that each day consider the ways that 
the, the majesty and beauty of creation sounds forth the message that God is glorious. Let me tell you, you may don't like the rain in a cold day, but let me tell you, God is expressing his glory and his majesty through it. Stop complaining about the, the, the day, call it miserable. There is no such a thing as a miserable day. The only miserable day are for those who do not have the Lord in their hearts and their lives. You can count the miserable life maybe. But that is not a single miserable day. Because every day creation declares the glory of God. All you need to see is to look at creation. Who can make the rain fall rather than God? There are places in the earth that they need rain. They don't have any. You may think we have too much. We don't have too much. Oh, it being cat, you know, some catastrophic. Uh, yeah, but the, the problem of, of the catastrophe that comes when it rains too much is not because of God, because man is not looking after the earth as it should. The earth that God created. They've been so irresponsible, reckless, and greedy. That's all. Nothing else. I want you to take time, not only today, but every single day, especially in the weeks to come, to praise God, who is glorious. Even if it is a prayer from your heart as you drive along, as you're jogging, or as you playing tennis, or as you're at the gym having a nice time, trying to be slim, or fitter, or, you know, have a lot of muscle. Or in your cleaning time, as you're cleaning your house, as you're washing the dishes. I've been doing that very, very often lately. I said, Lord, clean me as I'm cleaning these dishes. And my wife is, is just uh, cheering at the back. Yes. Because I hated to do the, the, the washing up. But you know, I don't bother anymore. I really love it now. But don't take it for granted. No, don't, take it. Don't, don't, don't take it. Come on. You know, so Lord, wash me. Cleanse me like I'm washing this dish. Apply whatever needs to be. Sometimes I have to take... Um, you know, that eye sponge to take something that is, is, is really stuck. I said, Lord, if it needs be, do that in my life. Do that to me. Don't let any trace of pride in my heart. So that will, uh, uh, you know, um, hidden your glory in my life, in your presence in my life. Just do it, whatever you need to do. But let's take time to give God the glory he deserves. Let's glorify him. Let's praise, give him praise and thanks for the things he had done in our lives. Look for opportunities to use the glory of God in creation as, as, as a bridge for sharing the good news about the reconciliation with, the, with this glorious God. How is it possible for somebody like me and yourself have a relationship with a glorious God like ours and worship him in the beauty of his holiness? And do it through repentance and faith in the Son, Jesus Christ. Tell people that's how you come to know this glorious God and have a personal relationship with him. We reflect on God's glory. So let's now reflect 
on the extent of his message through creation. The extent of God's, you know, of creation's message. What is the extent? I tell you, at all times, everywhere. What verse 2 to 6 tells us? Verse 2 to 6. It says, day after day, they pour forth a speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. So the voice goes out into all the earth. You see the extent? All the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. Verse 6. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes it circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. That means nothing is hidden from God's glory. When God shines his glory, nothing is hidden. Nothing will be hidden. Not even your secret sins. God will bring it to light. God's speech through his creation is not uncertain. It is not limited. Have you thought about that? There is no chance for a person to miss it. Day after day and night after night, those who study biology, those who study the human body knows exactly how God is glorious. If you look at what a cell, a human cell is, if you start to study and you look into it, look at your vision, how, how an eye works, how it functions. Think about how your body reaction, you know, reacts to infection, reacts to strange body. You know, I like to make birdhouses. That's my hobby. And sometimes working with wood, I just, you know, got something either on my hand, the other day on my foot. And I was finding something strange there. Why? The body's telling me there is a strange body here. doesn't belong to this body. You must take it out. It starts to be, like, infected or something. I had to take it out. Because it is annoying. Every time I, I step on it, it, it hurts me. Cause me pain. But this is how perfect God created our body. How can you think that all of these was made out or came out of an explosion or a big bang somewhere? How can you think that it's just been evolution, that you came from your primates, whatever people think it is or was? No. It is God displaying his glory because the scientists can never find the origin for what happens in the body. They know what happens because they studied it. They know the, what happens if something is going on. There are things that they don't understand either. 
But, as I said, there is no chance for a person to miss God's glory. God continuously speaks through creation day after day and night after night. You know, though this speech is not verbal and audible, using words, I tell you, it is not less clear and discernible. Don't fool yourself. What Paul says in Romans 1, from verse 20 to 23, is that men glorify creation and not their creator. This is where the danger lies. And Romans, is, Paul is very clear and very, very tough in what he saw in Rome. Actually, not he saw. Uh, he didn't start the Rome, the, the Rome church. Somebody else did. But he was there, and then he was encouraging people, and he knew exactly what was going on over there. So although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. And exchange the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal men and birds and animals and reptiles. Have you seen these people worshipping these kind of things? You see, they have changed. They have exchanged. How can you, um, you know, when you, let's say you ask somebody to build a house for you. And then at the end, when the builder finished working, he comes to the house and said, oh, building, thank you very much for being here. Now you're going to say thank you to, of course you paid for it, but anyway, you're going to say thank you for a good job that you've done. You're going to tell to the builder. You're not going to say thank you. You're not going to be worshipping the build itself in one sense. But he's going to say, well, thank you so much for erecting this building for me. This message is proclaimed through all the earth to the ends of the world, indicating to these God speaks that speaks. He's not some regional or false deity like worshipped by pagan nations in the Old Testament times, sometimes even in our time. Rather, he is the God of all creation, from one end of the earth to the other, and everywhere in between and beyond. Hallelujah, he is God. He is God everywhere, between and beyond. He is God. Though man in his sinful state often inclined to worship the creation rather than the creator, as we saw in Romans 1.25, even the most obvious and powerful creation in the natural world, the sun, only and always does the will of the one who created it. Nobody have ever been able to come close to the sun. If you expose yourself in the hot days, you know what you get. You know, though awesome in power and heat, the sun is. Let me tell you, 
it simply follows the path laid by its creator, doing that for which he was created, providing light and heat to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord for the sun, otherwise you and I would be dead by now. He created it. It didn't happen by chance, no. The Bible says that he created the sun. Imagine how powerful the sun is and how powerful and glorious our God is. Think about it. If you think your problem is great, you think your problem is mighty, it's crushing you down, it's pulling you down and bringing you down and make you feel sad and miserable and sometimes suicidal. Let me tell you, God is greater than anything that you have ever felt in your life or any situation or circumstance that you may have gone through or will be going through. The sun is not to be worshipped as God, as if he has some power or authority on its own. No, God has given sun the glory he has, the power he has, the heat it has. But he is God over the sun. It simply gives daily testimony over all of God's creation. The God who made it is there and has made it himself known to all mankind that he is a glorious God. Let me ask you something. Creation is proclaiming to all people everywhere that God is glorious. That's the, that's the application of this, this message. Everywhere that God is glorious. Though this message is, you know, is sufficient to make all men guilty before the glorious and holy God. The testimony of creation, let me tell you, is not sufficient to bring salvation. I want you to think about that. Although you can see the glory of God every day, or you may recognize his glory in creation, that's not enough for you to be saved. Your salvation is not recognizing that all that exists, all there is, was made by God and, and express his glory. That's not enough. Because salvation only comes through hearing and responding in repentance and faith to the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you look at the glory of God in creation, pray for those who are verbally sharing the gospel to the ends of the earth, telling people who they can know this glory or this glorious God in a personal way. And if you are here today, you have not yet experienced that personal relationship with this glorious God, today is your day. It's your opportunity to say yes to him, the glorious God. At the same time, as God knows your heart, he knows your circumstances, he knows where you are at, he knows what you love the most, he knows what is, what is taking place in your heart. What are you looking for these days? You're looking to satisfy your own desire? You want to you wanna, you wanna be just 
flirting with the world, with the passion of this world, let me tell you, there is a danger in that. Because you're not giving him the glory. You're just, just, you know, taking things as they go along. And you're just taking for granted the things that this glorious God has given you. And you're just using God in one sense to enjoy the things that he has made for you. And you're just forgetting that he's the one who deserves the glory for what you've got. Let me tell you, how did you come to this earth? How were you born? I tell you, you were born naked. You had nothing when you came into this world. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But God has placed somebody in your life. I'm talking about normally here, normal things. He had placed you in a family that loved you, that looked after you, that cared for you, have given you things, have given you education, have blessed you, have disciplined you, have made you a man and a woman, uh, you know, who knows things right from wrong. If you didn't have that chance with your parents for one reason or the other, God has always placed somebody in your life to help you, to guide you, because God will never leave you orphan, will never leave you alone, on your own. He said, I'll never forsake you. I will never, has ever, God forsake his son. Anyway, he, he never. He, even in Isaiah says, even if a mother, if, even if it was possible for a mother to forget her child, I, the Lord, said, I will never forget. I'll never forsake you. You are, in, in God's mind, you are unforgettable. God has always, he always has, you know, has you in his mind. All the time. Remember those times where you somehow were miraculously saved? Where you were miraculously helped? You were miraculously blessed that something that you wanted for so much that didn't happen to you, but then suddenly he happened. I tell you, it is God's doing, not yours. Nobody else's. God may use people to bless you, but it's God who put in people's heart a desire to bless because we, by nature, we are selfish. Very selfish. At the same time, ask God how he would have you be part of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth as well. Maybe through praying, maybe through giving, or even going. But let me conclude. You know, in the Garden of Eden, man and woman, uh, man and woman had a direct fellowship with God. The one about who the creation sings. But after the fall, however, mankind's direct fellowship with God was broken because of sin. Though likewise affected by the fall, Romans 8 verse 19 to 22 tells that creation continues to sing forth the glory of the God who made it making known to all men his existence and man's also accountability to him. In other words, we are all will appear one day before God. You know, some people are afraid of listening to God's message. You know why? Because they are afraid to be confronted with their own arrogance. 
and sin and pride and demand from God that they should humble themselves before him. So that's why they even reject to listen to the word of God. They refuse to listen to the word of God, maybe thinking that I know it all, or I know what's coming, or maybe God is going to say something, because you know why? The Holy Spirit of God is always there, content with you, warning you, telling you, don't run away from me. Don't run away from my peace, the only one that can really, really give you rest. We are confronted every day with God's glorious might. Just acknowledge of God's existence that He is a glorious God. That creation tells that He is God. That He's a glorious God. That day after day, night after night, He shows His. And, and the Bible says, um, those are inexcusable, according to Paul in Romans, because they have seen the glory of God through the things He created. So knowledge of God's existence through creation cannot give salvation, as I said. However, the God who speaks through his creation has made it possible for a man to be reconciled with him through the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom, through whom, and for whom all things were made, according to John chapter 1, verse 3, and Colossians 1, 16. Can you see that? Creation has not power to save you. The glory in creation hasn't got the power to save you because salvation is only found in him, Christ Jesus our Lord. And I want to invite you this morning to think about his glorious might shown in creation, but also his glory revealed in his son Jesus Christ when he came to this earth to die for our sins and to make available provision for us to become a child of God. And I'll say this, not everybody is a child of God. No. We are all creations of God. Yes, God created us all. But there is a difference between being a creature or a creation of God and being a child of God. It's very simple. The Bible says... In John chapter 1, verse 12, he said, He came to those who were his, but, he, but they rejected him. But everyone who acknowledged him, he, he has given them the power to become a children of God. Isn't that wonderful? So when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, you don't have to pray to Mary because Mary cannot save you because also Mary need to be saved by Jesus. You don't pray to anybody. You pray to God. And you ask, forgive my sins. And I confess your son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior of my life. And then you can ask him, come 
enter my heart today. People think that I preach a lot of evangelistic messages. Let me tell you, maybe even people who've been to church for many years may may need to make that decision. Coming to church doesn't make you saved. What saves you is the person of Christ Jesus, our Lord. And your salvation is revealed by the way you live your life. By the way you express the character of this glorious God. What tells you that you are a Christian or a disciple of Christ, that you have the character of Christ. That you love God. That you are zealous for his word. That you do what Christ does. That you long to become more like him. That you are involved with his church, his bride, the one that he came to save, to protect, and to establish, and left here on earth. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And if you are a Christian, you are part of the church and you engage in what the church is doing in order to reach many others to Christ. That's simple as that. Otherwise, you're just a religious person like every every other religion. Because only Christ saves. Only our fruit shows exactly who we are. A tree is recognized by its fruit. If you go to an uh, a apple tree, you won't find a banana there. Although you love banana, I love banana, love banana cakes. Although you go in for, you want a banana, you don't, you don't go to an apple tree for a banana because an apple tree is recognized by the apple that comes out of it. Christ is recognized by those who bear. You know, the fragrance and the character of Christ. The life of Christ. The forgiveness of Christ. Have you been, have been difficult for you to forgive lately? Tell Christ. It can help you with this today. So I want to pray with you this morning. I want to bless you this morning. I want you not only to meditate on God's creation and the glory that is seen and then is shown through creation, but I want you to recognize Him as the Lord and Savior of your life today. Thanks for listening. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. If you want more information about Camrose Baptist Church, visit our website, www camrosebc.org.uk Follow us on Instagram at Camrose Baptist Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel Camrose Baptist Church Edgeware